Great moments are born from great opportunity. And that's what you have here. That's what you've earned here tonight. We stay with them. And we shut them down because we can. Baker takes the snap. Rolls right. Throws down the middle. And Joku's got it. 520, 50, 10, 5, touchdown. Nick Chubb. Odell Beckham Jr. 89-yard touchdown. Miles Garrett did it, Doug. Around the horn he came. Rang the bell and said, Fires, it's caught, Lambry, touchdown! Here's Mayfield, back to pass, he throws, right corner of the end zone, touchdown! They got it, it's Landry again! Browns fans and Dog Pound Nation worldwide. I am Mike Winkler and I am here with Jason Kabasik. And welcome to a brand new podcast that we have decided to do called Dog Pound Nation, a Cleveland Browns podcast. We will be breaking down every game week to week, our thoughts, what the Browns did right, what they did wrong, talking about what the players have done, what they can do going forward, and how the 2020 season and beyond can play out. Oh, boy, we're two games into the season uh, for this podcast. Yes, we are. And I've seen some positives like this previous week's game. Yep. But then on the flip side, there's so many negatives we need to go over as well. Yeah, because unfortunately, um, week one against the Ravens was not pretty whatsoever. It was probably one of the worst games of the Browns I've watched in quite a long time. Well, you also had to keep in mind the fact that we're hit hard by the injury bug right now. Yeah, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Our whole backfield's very much banged up. I mean, Greedy Williams is out. Mac Wilson is gone. Um, and that's, that's really hurting our secondary. You could even see it in the Cincinnati game that it was not, it was not good. No, it was not. So, but anyway, I mean, at least now we're one and one coming into this podcast. So I'm encouraged by what I saw on Sunday night. I was encouraged by what we saw Thursday night as well, but at the same time, we've got to work on that secondary. Yeah, secondary needs to be beefed up. And I, I, I will, I will say that yeah, I'm going to attribute that to injuries, but we have got to work on our secondary. Uh, yeah, very much so. Um, I think the Browns may have to raid the waiver wire later in the season or see what the free agents have to give and and see what they can do about it because right now with what they've got, it's just not. It's not going to be good enough going forward. No. 
Okay, well, let's get into, well, week one against the uh, the Ravens. Um, yeah. Oh, let's see. Where do we want to start? Well, um, the, the game, number one, started out let's with promise. Let's start with the stat line. Okay, let's break down the stats. Oh, so. yeah. It start, yeah, it did start out with promise, but, yeah, let's go through stat lines here. Mayfield, 21-39 for 189 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Yeah, sadly, Baker Mayfield's interception count per game is not not gone away yet. Um, I believe there was a – I will say, I mean, it was only one interception. It was only one interception. It's an improvement. It's an improvement from what we saw all last season. Yeah, especially against a Ravens defense that's one of the best in the NFL. Yeah. But uh, the issue I kept seeing that game was, with Mayfield at least, mm-hmm. the consistent – overthrowing yeah it was especially bad i don't know if it was so much it seemed like he was trying to rush through no it didn't seem like there was pressure at all there it seemed like he was trying to rush plays out it seemed like he was trying to throw the ball midfield when there was no need to uh, yeah, he was forcing a lot of throws, and I noticed late in the game it seemed like he was really forcing the ball to OBJ way too much, and I don't know why. When you have Landry and other guys out there that are just as good, why are you trying to constantly force feed the ball to OBJ? That's not how you win ball games. No, it's not. I mean, yes, OBJ is a different, is a definite playmaker, but you you can't just keep expecting him to make all the plays for you. No, and especially when the Browns were down, I think at one time by as many as. Uh, in the third quarter, they were down 24 points. He, That's when I started seeing the ball trying to get thrown to him way too much, and yeah. it really affected their game at all, completely. Yeah, and, and the thing of it is, too, is that they had to abandon the run game completely because when you're down 24 points, you can't afford to be running the ball and running the clock out. you got to throw the ball down the field and get score points quickly. But you've also got two big playmakers running backs – and Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. Yeah. A I lot mean, of people wouldn't night. expect you to be running the ball when you're down by that much. Mm-hmm. I think it would be a good strategy to look into that. Well, Thursday night, I mean, they focused on the run a lot more and look at the difference it made. Oh, yeah. But Baker Mayfield, there was a stat from Thursday night where he has thrown interception, I think, in 15 consecutive games, which is now an NFL record right now. Uh, from current players right now. It's a current NFL streak, not all time, but current NFL streak. Oh, yeah. Uh, what did I see? Mayfield also in the last three seasons now is only trailing Jameis Winston for most interceptions thrown. You see that? That's a stat that he's got to break. That's something that's not impressive in the slightest and needs no, to change quickly. Oh, so we were talking about our rushing game there. Let's talk about our rushing stat line here. Um, Kareem Hunt um, actually led the, the rushing thing, attack. The thing that I really was not understanding is why they were leading more with Kareem Hunt this game over Chubb. Yeah, it seemed to me like, you know, I don't think Chubb had an injury problem because he was fine Thursday night. Uh I don't know if Stefanski just thought maybe going with a different back would have changed things, but Chubb was running, I think, pretty effectively. I didn't see much of a problem from him. I didn't see much of a problem with, from him either, but uh-uh. 
10 carries for 60 yards is not the Nick Chubb we're used to seeing. No, no, but we're also not used to seeing only 10 carries. That's true, but I'm also not used to seeing Kareem Hunt have more carries than Chubb even after the second half of the season last year. True. That's very true. Well, the, the, the comparisons here, the, the, everybody keeps saying that Hunt and Chubb are becoming the new uh, uh, Biner and Mack which I have to agree on that because those two... Oh, I, I have to agree with that too. I mean, their, their speed, Kareem Hunt's more the speed where Chubb's more the power, but I mean, don't get me wrong, Chubb has incredible speed as well. Oh yeah, Chubb's got speed, but yeah, like you said, he's more the power back. Mm-hmm, exactly. Whereas Kareem Hunt's more the finesse, he's got more the speed, he can also handle the ball pretty well he's got hands on him so he can catch if need be too yeah they're using Kareem Hunt a lot out of the flat which is which is quite nice because uh we haven't had a back like that since Duke Johnson no we haven't uh it almost seems like they're trying to use Hunt more of a game plan like uh how the Panthers are using McCaffrey exactly yeah McCaffrey's an excellent back for all around between his running catching out of the flat he's McCaffrey is McCaffrey is something different. Yeah, he's, he's something really, really special. McCaffrey is probably the golden standard of what kind of running backs you're wanting in the NFL nowadays, it seems like. Sure. Ones that can run, but mainly ones that are there as an extra receiver. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems to me that in the NFL going forward today, that that seems like that's the future of the NFL, where a lot of these running backs are becoming uh, wide receivers. Yeah. Which is, which is fine with me because if you got guys that are capable, you might as well go for it and do it. Yeah. Uh, so let's see. Our receiving game, Landry led the attack with five receptions, 61 yards. Uh, the only real shining point in this week was the fact that Njoku was used prominently, at least in the first half of the game, three receptions, 50 yards, and he got our lone touchdown. I was shocked that he was being used so much. I'm not because I think they're real. I think that our coaching staff we have now compared to last season is realizing what kind of talent we have in Njoku. Yeah. I mean, Kitchens underutilized him and, and so did, uh, so did Hugh Jackson. I mean, I saw him used a little bit more in Greg Williams's offense, but I mean, I mean, you also have to keep in mind that Joku was injured for a good part of last season, too. That's true, too. He wasn't 100%. It seems like a lot of our and team last year Speaking of injury, was... Njoku got knocked out of this game again. I think it was third quarter. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did. I don't think he played Thursday night. Uh, I did not look to see. Mm-mm, we'll have to check that out and look at the stats, but I don't. I do not recall seeing him. I don't know if he's still, uh, still banged up or they just used Hooper more. I, I don't know. Austin Hooper was underutilized in this game, too. I mean, he only had, what, uh, two catches for 15 uh, yards? Two catches for 15, yeah. Mm-hmm. The surprising thing to me was the three catches and only 22 yards from Beckham this game. Yeah, uh, I think they said Beckham was targeted, I think, up to 10 times. That was, that was Mayfield overthrowing it, and then there were mm-hmm. at le- there was at least one catch that I remember where it hit Beckham square in the numbers, and he just dropped it. Yeah, there was that play. I and think it was in the, third the The announcers and um, me and the buddy I was watching the game with mm-hmm. were both, all both saying that 
this is going to be a moment that Beckham is going to be thinking about all week. Well, I mean, he came to play Thursday night, so that was encouraging. Um, I, I just think, you know what, I, a lot of this, I, I attribute a lot of this game to the fact is that we only had a six-week training camp. We had no preseason, you know, and this was a new coach, a new yeah. offense. And this very much to me felt like a Browns this, preseason game. This really did feel like a Browns uh, preseason game. The thing that people also got to realize, too, is the fact that we are, like we've been saying, plagued by injuries. We're playing a shortened uh, offseason. Mm-hmm. There's no time for these people to really gel together that well yet. Exactly, exactly. And and even even with the, with the great – Oh, and not to mention the fact that, you know, we're playing the Ravens, who are contenders, arguably year after year right now. Mm-hmm to be uh, Super Bowl primed. Well, yeah, I mean, we don't know if the Ravens are going to be playoff ready or not. It seems like every time they get to that, that point, they, they choke. But I can't see that but being it's the a case fact forever. They're still going to be contenders. Like, they're still going to be, t- oh. they're still going to be a team that are going to be making the playoffs consistently, at least. Oh, there's no question about it. The chances, the chances of them winning the division are pretty strong. I, I don't really see... I don't, I don't see Pittsburgh even contending for the division with them right now. Um, I only see the Browns. They're going to they're gonna be a wild card team, no question about it. I think that as long as they play consistent, like we saw Thursday night, with that extra playoff spot now this year, I think the Browns could very easily be a wild card team. Oh, yeah. With that extra playoff slot available now, mm-hmm. uh, the Browns will be a wild card team. Yeah, yeah, for sure. As long as we get no more injuries also to plague us as well. But that's, well, we also have to hope that the ones that are injured right now aren't going to be too serious of injuries because right. they are the ones that are hurt right now, like Jedrick Wills. Yeah, that was unfortunate to see he, him out in this game. He's going to be a big, he's going to be a big key cog to that line. What was like the what was the one thing that really stood out in this game to you? Like like the one good thing and the one bad thing. Uh, let's see. One, she's hard to think of a good thing here. Uh, not much. One good thing I had to say, if anything, is that they're utilizing the dual running back threat that Chubb and Hunt are mm-hmm. pretty well. Right. Because they're giving them the option of either one. Like, you could almost use that in – you could almost have them both on the field at that point. It's like a running back fullback combo. Yeah, I, I'm surprised we haven't seen my that. My only yet. issue with that, my only issue with that is, is the fact that Chubb isn't built enough like a fullback to actually do that effectively. Yeah, that might. I mean, I, I think it'd be worth a try. I think it'd be worth a try to line them up and see how it would work. But again, that could have been a good preseason experiment that we're unfortunately weren't able to try. Yeah. So maybe we see it later. And speaking of which, we actually did pick up a fullback. Yeah, he played Thursday night. They were just talking about him. Um, uh, Andy Janovich. Yeah, and he actually threw in some nice blocks for Chubb and, and Hunt in the red zone. Yeah, so let's hope this ends up turning into something in our favor here. I hope so, because... Uh, what about you? What was the thing, one thing that you thought was good that stood out? Um. Well... I mean, I can't really pinpoint anything as far as the defensive side because nothing on defense was pretty at all. So that's obviously probably the worst part of it all. 
the defense was just god awful. I will say there is an honorable mention at least for me mm-hmm. for a good that, that I saw, mm-hmm. and that was our red zone defense. Okay, yeah, that's encouraging. Yeah, I can agree with that because there were some good stops uh, in the red zone. The, there was a really good stop in the end zone um, mm-hmm. heading into the end of the first half at least. Uh, when one of Baltimore's drives was stopped by an interception in our red zone. Yeah, that was a nice. That was a nice defensive stop. Um, they even had a couple nice. I, stops when I saw that happen, I was fully expecting us to actually start turning it around at that point. Yeah, just the offensive side was just such a mess that unfortunately that was never going to happen. But um, no, I mean, yeah, the, the defense. I mean, I guess that's the one encouraging thing I can say about the defense. But all in all, pretty pretty bad. Um, Good. Uh, I, 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 was, I liked seeing Najoku involved. I liked maybe the Browns utilizing this two tight end system. And actually, I think they're going to be using a three tight end system because they picked up a guy, I think, in the sixth round of the draft that um, – Yeah, they did. Yeah, I mean – They did. Um, Stefanski – I mean, as far as I know, Stefanski has gone on record to even say that he's uh, a fan of using a three tight end system. Yeah, I'm encouraged. Which is why we didn't trade him away originally. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I understood Najoku's point of view wanting to be traded, but you know, it's like you got a good team here and you're going to be utilized because Stefanski has made it clear that, hey, you know, you're going to be used. And I think that's what ultimately ended up changing Najoku's mind to stay because I think once Stefanski talked to him about it and said, hey, you know, you're going to get, you're going to get used, you're going to get utilized, stay here. Trust me. And I think it worked. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about the bad side of that stood out to us. Boy. And the easiest one for me was the inconsistency of Mayfield yet again. This uh, yeah. Um, the inconsistencies of Baker were just kind of all over the place. You know, um, it's, it's disappointing that I, I thought that once Kitchens being out, I thought we were going to see a big change in him. And I saw a lot of what I saw last year in this game. I did too. And it, it was just upsetting because this is the first game of this season. And all we got really was a repeat of everything we saw go wrong last year. Uh, yeah, it was, I was, I was about ready to say I was coming close to jumping on the, find a new quarterback bandwagon it was really appearing so and and i was ready to really jump jump on that if uh if sunday if thursday night would have gone horribly and we would have saw the same the same kind of uh, play from him i was getting ready to say that maybe keenan was going to be the be the option to, to to replace him in there because it just i don't know keenan wouldn't have been the option either that's the problem well i don't mean long term i just mean that maybe putting him in it might have been the option because it wasn't working with mayfield I don't know. We'll have to wait and see on that one. I don't know. Well, we don't have to worry about that right now because for the time being, right. he had a good outing. So we're okay with that at the moment. Was there anything else that you noticed from this game? Uh, I mean, again, there's there not anything a whole, else you really wanted to talk about. There's not a whole lot of good to speak on. So probably should just move on because it's, if we continue. I mean, the, hey, there, I mean there's one other positive, at least on the Ravens side, I will give them. What's and that, that it was Robert Griffin the third was and RG three was uh perfect passing. What one for one? Yeah, one for one. He was had a perfect passing. Jesus. 
Oh, our good old RG3. I still feel bad for RG3 and how his career ended up. Uh, I, I do know. too. I do too. He, he especially after, him. especially after the season he had his rookie year for Washington, mm-hmm. yeah, and to fall nice. this far. Yeah. It was. But then again, you've also got the Ravens, though, and their stat line here: Lamar Jackson leading both passing and rushing. Yeah. It's just showing what kind of a player that he is. Well, I mean. 20 of 25 for 275 and three touchdowns. Yeah. It it got bad. Lamar Jackson leading it with seven carries for 45 yards. I got to say the Browns did a hell of a job shutting down uh, Ingram, but I mean. Oh, they did a great job. I mean, he only, he had 10 carries, but only for 29 yards. I mean, yeah, for the most part. I mean, they, 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 Baltimore wasn't running all over the Browns. It was just the passing game that was just tearing them apart. Yeah. I will say the one positive I saw, at least as much as I don't like praising anything by the Ravens, mm-hmm. uh, was J.K. Dobbins having a great game. Yeah. I mean, J.K. Dobbins, you know, I, I mean, I mean, I think I, I, as much as I, as much, as much as, I don't want to praise anything involving Baltimore or Pittsburgh. No. I will always be – I will always bleed the scarlet and gray. So, seeing Dobbins having a good game, I thought that was great. Just unfortunate that he went to – he got drafted by Baltimore. But – But, I mean, it's not like we could use him, unfortunately. No, we had no use for him, unfortunately. But, you know, whatever. it's, It's fair. You know, I hope he has a good career there. Just just not on us. All right. So into this past Thursday's game against the Bengals. Yeah. Thursday night football. And I've noticed something. Honestly, I didn't even know that the Browns were playing the Bengals until Thursday night when I saw the game come on. Oh, really? I was not expecting. Yeah. I didn't realize that Cleveland was going to be having a uh, only a couple day break in between games. Yeah, uh, two games within four days of each other. But I think the Browns handled it very well. We saw a completely different team. And the thing that team. also got me was the, f- and the thing that got me with this game also, was the fact that it was a Thursday night game. You know, yeah. primetime game. Mm-hmm. They used it on Cleveland and Cincinnati. Well, I mean, I guess I could see the Browns being used based I mean, on the roster. only thing. The only reason I could see maybe why that held, like, good market value for the NFL for doing that schedule would be to see a battle of the young quarterbacks, like the young studs in Burrow and uh, Mayfield. Two number one picks, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That probably was the highlight. And and also, to remember that they did this early in the year. So they figured we're not going to air this game late in the year when both teams could be at the bottom of the division, or maybe the Browns are doing good and the Bengals are doing bad. They did it at a time. Oh yeah. And we also got to keep in mind something here. There's a couple of things I want to point out. Mm -hmm. One was the fact that this is the first game I've seen in almost a full season at this point. I think it's been Mm -hmm. where Cleveland has outscored their opponent in every quarter minus just the last quarter yeah and you think of it this way the browns were up the whole game except for being down three nothing at the beginning they were up the whole game and it's great to play yeah. from ahead for once 
it, it's great because I hate playing from behind. We're so used to the Browns always playing from behind. And this game, we were sitting pretty comfortably throughout. There was a chance that Bengals could have came back, but we were still sitting pretty comfortably because our offense was just playing so well. And then the other thing I wanted to point out was, do you remember what game it was that Mayfield uh, took place in at what he first started? What do you mean? The, the first game he played in? Oh, his yeah. first game was a Thursday was was a, was a Thursday night game. Well, actually, Monday night game, but it was a night game. His first game, his first game was a Thursday night game. Well, I mean, I think this game was seeing finally the reemergence of the Mayfield swagger that we've been missing for the last like season and a half. Well, if you look at Baker Mayfield playing in primetime, almost every primetime game he's played in, he has played a pretty good game. I mean, he had the game against the Jets. Then he had the primetime game last year against the Rams. Even though they lost, he played a pretty damn good game. Um, but it's the fact that we're not seeing like this almost meek and timid Baker Mayfield that we saw last season. No. We're seeing the Baker Mayfield that's got some swagger in his steps. Well, I'd have more swagger in my step, too, if Freddie Kitchens was no longer my head coach, but that's a story for another time. So we got to keep in mind of this process here. What if this game was what Baker Mayfield needed to set himself off for the rest of the year? All I can do is hope. I, I You know, I, the biggest question I kept asking myself after this game was, going forward, what Cleveland Browns team are we going to see the rest of the year? The team we saw against Baltimore, the team we saw this Thursday night. That's the big question. I'm hoping, obviously, that it's the team we saw this week against the Bengals. Yeah, yeah. But with a vastly improved defense because there's no reason why a rookie quarterback in Joe Burrows, even though he's a number one pick for a reason, right? why he's getting 30 points off on our defense. That's true. I, I think – I think the last touchdown was was garbage time. I, I don't I don't even want to really give him so much credit for the last drive because it was just they were letting him pick up five yards at a crack. But even then, even if you take away the last touchdown, they still give up twenty three points, and that's still a lot against the number one guy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Burrow had some accuracy issues. Thirty seven of sixty one for completion. Sixty one passes. Jesus. But. 316 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Yeah, the surprising thing there is that he threw no interceptions. He did have the big fumble inside the goal line where we got the ball back at the one. But Which, I mean, I'm going to equate that to, you know, being his first big primetime game yeah. and playing a division rival. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, I, I, would, I would go with that assessment that, you know, when it came down to it, I mean, either way, nothing to take away from Burrow at all. He had a great game. Uh, he's had a great start yeah, to the he season. He even played pretty well against the Chargers last week. Um, I think I, mean, I can't really find many faults with Burrow. I think he's going to have a great career in the NFL. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I firmly believe that he's going to have a good career. And, you know, uh, right now I'm he's hoping that he's game. the answer that Cincinnati needs. Yeah, I mean, I hope for – you know, the fans' sake over there. I mean, I don't ever want to encourage a team in my division to be going that direction because that's bad for us. But if it makes if it makes any sense, even if the if the Browns don't make the playoffs, I'm still hoping that it's Cincinnati that does 
only because they're an Ohio team. Well, yeah, if I had to pick a team in our division to go to the playoffs and do well, it would definitely be Cincinnati over the other two assholes. I mean, you know, but. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, let's talk about stat line for this game. Uh, Mayfield had a lot better showing in this game, 16 mm -hmm. of 23 for 219 yards and two TDs. There's the unfortunate interception again, though. Yeah, that interception was not pretty. Um, unfortunately, that streak does continue. Um, I'm hoping that breaks uh, next Sunday against Washington. But uh, let's talk about the fact that, though, to open the game, he went four for four with the, with, with the touchdown pass. Yeah. Opening drive. That was an impressive first drive. That was the Baker Mayfield that we all knew and loved right there. That was the Baker Mayfield that we saw preseason last year. Yep. And the Baker Mayfield we saw during Greg Williams' run uh, as the coach. Yeah, uh, I, I did see a little bit of that Greg Williams-ish uh, time period swag back on him, something we didn't really see at all last year. I saw the Baker Mayfield this game, at least during that first drive, mm -hmm. that we saw staring down Hugh Jackson in Cincinnati after the after the plays. That is still classic. I, oh, I loved that. I just absolutely loved that. Oh, that was incredible. <laughs> Let's go to our rushing game here. Oh, yeah. We saw we Nick Chubb coming back in to what he's good for, and that's powering through. He was just a freaking carries, beast. Yeah, 22 carries, 124 yards, average 5.6 yards per carry with mm -hmm. two touchdowns. He just could not be stopped Thursday night. There was no question. The Bengals had no answer no. for him, or Kareem Hunt. The Bengals, the Bengals' rush defense or run defense in this game did not matter to Cleveland whatsoever. No, not in the least bit. There's nothing they could do to stop it. I mean, the fact is, the no, Bengals. And then you've got the Bengals just couldn't find any answer really for anything on the Browns' offense. But the running game was just where it was. They were just getting dismantled. Well, then again, at the same time, the Browns really didn't have an answer for the Bengals' offense either. No, uh, I mean, they did a lot better of a job. But, I mean, yeah, the passing game for Cincinnati just uh, – our, our, our secondary is just so beat up right now that it, it's just – Which I – that one, I don't know whether to attribute that to Burrow is just that good of a quarterback already or uh, the fact that the Browns' deep secondary needs that work. All I could say is we will probably get that answer soon. When when Burrow plays a team that's really good like the Ravens, when they play the Ravens, we're going to see how good Burrow actually is. Yeah. So we'll that'll see be if he can think on the fly. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to see how, how that's going to pan out against a defense that's uh, that, that good. Back to our running game here. Kareem Hunt with 10 carries, 86 yards, and another TD. Kareem Hunt ran with a purpose. I uh, he, I mean, he did. I mean, he also had a receiving touchdown as well this game. Yep, yep, yep. He was wide open in the corner of the end zone on a rollout. Uh, what does that tell you about Kareem Hunt in general as well? Now, well, I, uh, I'll tell you, I am glad. Do you that... think he's? Do you think that he's going to be a good mainstay in Cleveland here? Do you think yep. that it was worth it to sign him? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I was I glad think, to hear I about the so well. extension. I, I think that um, having the one-two punch, they, the Browns easily have the best uh, two-back 
running backs uh, in the NFL. There's no question about it. There's no other team that even compares to their backfield right now. No, no, I, I agree. And, and the, the comforting thing is that if something happens to either one of them, you know, say if Chubb gets hurt, you know, we don't need to feel as though our running game is completely cut off. And, that, and that's a comforting feeling because yeah. sadly, the sad thing is the majority of the NFL, they don't have that luxury. Their starting running back goes down. They're, they're pretty screwed as far as their running game, as far as getting the same consistency. As far as consistency, yes. But, I mean, that's where you see a lot of these big-name running backs coming from nowadays, it feels like, is true when their other star running back goes down, they're stepping in, and all of a sudden it's like, whoa, where the hell has he come from? It's true. How many running backs have we seen in the last five to six years that were starting running backs and have disappeared because of the resurgence of the backup becomes the star? We've seen it quite a bit. Exactly. I think Todd Gurley was one of them. No, Gurley, I think, was a starter from the get-go. Who am I thinking of? Then? Maybe it's not Gurley. But... Oh, well, Connor's one of them. When Le'Veon Bell wasn't signing his his deal and putting that off, Connor came yeah. in and took the job. and Yeah, Connor came in and took the ball and ran with it, literally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They got, they got really fortunate with uh, that. Yeah, they did. Uh, receiving. We see an emergence from Beckham finally again. Yeah, OBJ back in uh, back in form. Four receptions, seventy-four yards, and the touchdown pass. Oh, the beautiful forty-three yards. The forty-nine yard. But was it forty-three? Forty-three. Yeah, because his long was forty-three yards. Yep. Forty-three yard TD pass to Beckham. Beautiful. We're Absolutely. finally seeing. Beckham the way he should be, I think. Um, I'm hoping that's what we're going to see going forward. That's for sure. Yeah. And Landry was yet again consistent this game. Three receptions, 46 yards. Yeah, I mean, not a huge impact, but he, I mean, he was around in the plays that he did catch the ball. Not, I mean, yeah, it wasn't a huge impact, but it was still – he was consistently at least grabbing the ball and putting up decent numbers. I mean, yeah – some people look at 46 yards and be like, oh, that ain't that that ain't that ain't big. That ain't nothing to, you know, right. write home about. But it, he's consistently from week one to week two here, he's been putting up numbers at like in the 50s and 60s. This game, obviously 46, but he's still averaging a decent number yards per game. Well, not only that, too, I, I, I think that he doesn't get enough credit too, that he takes away some of the focus from OBJ so he can also get open because they're both dynamic wide receivers. So one takes focus off the other to get the other one open. Yeah, and it just begs the question for me, if Cleveland hadn't been able to pick up both of these players by any chance, yeah, if they would have gone to any other team, like say if they went to uh, New England when Brady was still there, Mm-hmm. What sort of dynamic would those two have had in something like New England or in Seattle? It's a good question. It's a good question because I think that we have not seen that the full potential we could be seeing with them here yet, and I don't know if that's on them or it's on Baker Mayfield or even the coaching staff. I don't know, but I think I, we're starting to get glimpses of it. Yeah, I think if Baker Mayfield comes into his own in these later games, I think we could see that thing we've been, we thought we were going to see when these two became the pair to watch last year. Yeah. 
one can hope anyway. Yeah, one can hope. I mean, Austin Hooper had a little bit more of a presence this game, still not much. So we have to hope that he comes through with a big game here soon. You know who we uh, have but not yeah, seen I mean, yet? Huh? We have not seen Rashard Higgins. You're right. I just realized that. Mm-hmm. Wonder um, why we haven't seen Higgins at all. Yeah, I mean, and we we used Hodge quite a quite for quite a few catches on Thursday night, but two games, and I have not seen Higgins out there. And I know that they signed him again, and I know that he's I think was healthy. I don't believe there's any injury problems. I didn't see him on the injury report. Uh, let me see real quick. I'm looking up right now. Um, yeah, I mean, Higgins had the one catch last week for nine yards. That was it. So he did have a catch last week. Okay, so he has been in there and played. All right, so I'm glad to see he's at least playing. But, uh, yeah, because I'm thinking about it. I don't even but remember seeing him out there. one catch, Thursday. though. Yeah, yeah. Is yeah, I don't, know if he, I don't know if he was a healthy scratch for – this week or what? Yeah, because I don't remember seeing him out there at all Thursday night. Not once. No. Mm-mm. I don't know. It's going to be interesting going forward because I'm going to be curious to see what's going on there because you know how that went last year with Freddie Kitchens, and that was supposed to be because him and Kitchens were butting heads on a lot of stuff. So we know that's not the problem now. So we're going to have to find out why that's happening already to start the year. I don't, I'm not encouraged by that. Yeah. Especially since Higgins is, is Baker's so favorite target. Let's go into our defense here, though. Okay. Our secondary, obviously, as we've been talking about, was shit this game. Let's let's be frank here. Yeah, not good. Not good. There's a reason why Burrow was able to get over 300 yards on us, and they were able to score 30 points. Well, it was because our poorest secondary. Yeah, the biggest problem here is, and I noticed the same in the Baltimore game. We're giving these guys too many yards off off off, off the uh, off the spot because five yards down the field, these guys are wide open, and we can't be allowing that because every two downs you're going to get a first down. So why are we allowing these five yard gaps and giving these guys a free five yards on every catch? Every team's gonna is gonna is gonna shoot for that I, every time. I, I don't. I don't know why we're doing that because especially you got to look at the fact that our defense, at least on paper, is supposed to be a pretty decent one. You would think so, anyway. Yeah, well, and healthy. But yeah. and then you're also looking at the fact that it almost seems like they're shooting up completely different routes from where these mm-hmm. quarterbacks are actually throwing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't understand it. I mean, like, it, I don't know if they're thinking that they're going to be extending further than where they're actually, you know, making the plays at or what. No, the only the only player that I could point uh, that I could really make, play uh, pick out as a standout for this game what was uh, was Ward was Denzel Ward. He was he was playing with a purpose on Thursday night. He was playing tight and he had a couple good nice defensive plays. Oh yeah, I mean, well, that's Denzel Ward for you. Yeah, that should be that should be as expected. I mean, he was a high draft pick, so that's he should be playing like that. If not, I'd be disappointed. Exactly, but two shining points at least was Richardson and Garrett. Uh, yeah, yeah, the line was really good. They were getting a lot of pressure on Burrow, and that's why it's unfortunate that, that the passes were going down the field because they were doing their job putting the pressure on them. Exactly. I mean, Richardson and Garrett both having sacks this game. We're seeing an emergence of Garrett again. 
mm-hmm. with this game. Uh, Richardson, I'm glad to see him showing up finally. Yeah, yeah, because uh, last year it just – there's nothing I could really pinpoint last year really what he did that was an impact. And uh, let's talk about uh, Tavier Thomas here. Nine tackles, nine solo tackles. Yeah, that's shocking. I, wow. I mean, and 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 uh, what was the other guy? Uh, San San Sandejo. He these those two guys are new this year. Uh, Sandejo, right? yeah. yeah, seven new. tackles, three assists. Yeah, I mean the, these guys really stepped up Thursday night, and surprisingly, Miles Garrett's only got three compared to the other guys, which is shocking. But I mean, again, it's it's just him being there and putting but the pressure again, on the I mean, quarterback. Him him putting the pressure is what we need. Right, and that's what it's all about. Again, I don't even look at his stat line as being the, as being the ultimate thing. It's that's what we were missing from the second half of the season last year. Yeah, guys like Richardson should have stepped pressure. up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nobody stepped up at the end of the I year. I think if I think if we would have had Garrett in for that back half of the season after that Pittsburgh game, mm-hmm. we would have potentially made playoffs. Based I mean, on our defense alone. Yeah, because, I mean, really the defense was the reason why we were losing games at the end of the year because our offense was still putting up points, but the defense being so awful was putting too much pressure on our offense to do it, and we couldn't live up to it, unfortunately. Exactly. So, but yeah, all in all, I mean, I, the defense, the front, de- the front line of the defense did really well, but that back has really got to improve, and I don't know what they're going to do to fix that, but they better figure it out soon oh, if they're going to be a playoff one. contender. We forgot one thing to talk about uh, in week one game as well. Which one? Uh, the week one game against uh, Baltimore. What did we forget? Siebert. Oh. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. The, the, the now Cincinnati Bengal. How do you miss a – PAT like that that early in the game. I mean, Seibert was a problem how last do you, year. I mean, and a 41-yard field goal, I mean, yeah, it's not exactly, you know, a chip-in shot, right. but how do you miss that far right? I don't know. You have to literally kick it that direction for that to really happen. I, I mean, Cyber was was terrible last year. Cyber had kicking problems last year. I'm shocked that he even made the team this no, year. No, no, I don't. No, I will disagree with you there. Cyber was not terrible last year. He was year. At the beginning of the year. Beginning of the year he was. End of the year he got better. He did improve. Beginning of the year though, he was not too good. And what he did against the Ravens was exactly the way he looked beginning of the year last year, kicking everything wide. What he did against the Ravens last week was everything that has been wrong with Browns kickers since Phil Dawson was no longer part of our team. Yeah. And that's the biggest issue with the Browns that I had at that point. I don't know why they ever let Phil Dawson go. I don't, I I don't, didn't understand the logic with that one because they haven't had a kicker as consistent as him since then. I don't know. I mean, it's (laughs) finding a good kicker nowadays seems like it's a diamond in the rough. Yeah, because, I mean, you look at a lot of teams today. A lot of teams have kicking problems, and they go through kickers pretty frequently. So, I mean, I don't, yeah. I don't know what the problem is. But one thing I will give, it seems like we've we've at least made a major improvement in uh, Parkey coming in, back in. 
Well, yeah, Parky's done a good job. Made all of his PhDs. Yeah, Parky hasn't missed one yet. I mean, he did a good job. Thankfully, the Browns didn't have to kick a long field goal. I mean, I'd be curious to see that test. Maybe we'll see that next Sunday. But um, we're playing Washington, correct? Yeah, the Washington football team. Uh, which I'm expecting more uh, field goal attempts in that game compared to PATs. I am. I am too. And uh, it's funny you mentioned Washington too, because I wanted to kind of look ahead to their, to their schedule. I was looking at their schedule for the rest of the season and I was kind of pinpointing exactly what I thought were winnable games versus games that I didn't think we really have a chance in. So I'll be interested to get your take on I think we've got a good chance against Washington here. Mm -hmm. Agreed. The Cowboys game. That one's a toss up. Yeah. Cause it depends are on what we version of the Cowboys see... we're going to see. Are we going to see Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott, you know, when the Cowboys were completely running over everyone? Or are we going to get the Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott that are fighting contracts? That's exactly it. It's what version of the Cowboys are going to show up. So that one's a toss-up game for me. I honestly don't have a good answer for that one. No, on my on my evaluation, I did put that as a potential loss. I did put Washington as a potential win, so that would put the Browns at two and two going into uh, Indy. The Indy game, I have the Browns winning all day. Yep, three and two. Okay. As much as, as much as I love the Colts as well, it's the fact that they have a very much so aging quarterback now. I wouldn't trust Phillip Rivers. In, I don't think Phillip Rivers is going to beat the Browns. And Phillip Rivers. And I think that we're going to see the end of Phillip Rivers. Uh, not that game, obviously, but this season. No, I don't see Phillip Rivers playing beyond this season. I think he's just kind of the stepping stone for Indy to get to a uh, get to another quarterback. Uh, but okay, wasn't a three and we two. go into the first game against the Steelers. This is a tough one. Because because they're playing in Pittsburgh. Yeah, but with no fans, that probably won't play as much of a factor. So, unless by then Pittsburgh allows some fans in like the Browns have done, but uh yeah, this game could go either way. This game could go either way. I have this one down as a loss. Yeah, I have. I had. I don't remember which one I had, but I had the Browns splitting with Pittsburgh this year. So we'll yeah, say I think three this and three. One's gonna be, yeah, they're going to be three and three going into the next game against the Bengals on yeah. the twenty fifth. Four and three. I have. Yeah, I have them winning this yeah. one. Yeah, I think the Browns will be better by then, and I think they're actually gonna, probably going to uh, beat the Bengals by a pretty wide margin that game because I think the Browns will have a lot more figured out by then. All right, so four then and three. we go into the Raiders game. Have this as a win as well. I have this one down as a win as well. Uh, puts us at five and three. At the bye I week. I think by this point, yes, that is going to be going into the bye week after this game. Yep. Um, I think this game, by this point, we're going to see uh, what the Browns could have been last year. Yeah, this would be the perfect point to see it because we're at the halfway point right here. I think by this game, after this game, we're going to see more people talking about the Browns in general here. I hope so. That's the hope. I, I think 
by the like I've been saying, I just something in my gut is telling me we're going to see an MVP like performance coming from Mayfield, Beckham, or Chubb. You think one of them will be in the MVP conversation by that time of the year? Yeah. It's fair evaluation. I'd be curious to see which one it's going to be. I am too. Um, okay, so we're at the bye week. We're five and three. Game. Five and three at the bye week. That could Texans. be good the five and three of the bye week could be could be good enough for second place in the division. It could be if Pittsburgh struggles. So I think Baltimore is going to be probably maybe at one or two losses at this point. So I think the uh, yeah, Baltimore I think is going to be uh, an issue. I think they're probably going to be like six and two or seven and one by this point. Yeah, I have to agree. But Houston. Uh, it depends on what version of Deshaun Watson we're going to see. I still have this one down as a win for us. Okay, that's interesting. I kind of had it as a, as a maybe loss, but I could see a potential win just because Deshaun Watson sometimes has a knack of not showing up. So, at least for me, this puts us at six and three. Okay. Philadelphia. Then we go into Philadelphia game. I have this one down as a loss. Yeah, I don't see us playing Philly and beating Carson Wentz. Um, so, so on your schedule right now, you'd have the Browns at what, uh, six and four, six and four. Okay. I'd have them at five and five at this point. Jacksonville. Uh, yeah, uh, so it's sounds about accurate for what most people would hopefully think by this point, because yeah. a lot of people are predicting the Browns at certain records, which we'll get to here. Mm -hmm. uh, the game against Jacksonville, I think that's going to be an easy win. I think that's probably going to be our biggest blowout win. Yeah, Jacksonville's in a total rebuild. I think Jacksonville is going to be – I think Jacksonville is going to be making a major push for the number one pick this season Yep. to try and grab uh, Lawrence. They have to because, you know, they did a total dump off before the season started. That's it's, it's so obvious that that's what they're playing for. They're playing for the draft. They're playing for a total rebuild. So I don't see the Browns losing this game unless the Browns are in complete disarray at this point. No, I agree. So, so that one, I have us at seven and four right now. Okay, I have them at six and five. The game against the Titans, I think this one's going to be Cleveland's out for blood after the performance they gave us last year. Uh, yeah, uh, Tennessee's really good, but I think the Browns are going to play spoiler on them here. So yeah, I'm going to, I think that. the Browns are going to be playing with a major purpose this game. Mm -hmm. Yep. I agree. I can see, I can see Cleveland winning this game probably by 14 points. Yeah, I could see that. I'd say 10 to 14. Yeah, I agree. So I'm at eight and four right now. Okay, I'm only one behind, so seven and five. And then this one. Then I, I can't say when I'm against the Browns at home. The only way this game could be a potential win is if the Browns are in a rhythm here and they're playing up to the form that we've talked about. It could be a good game. It could be. There's potential here. It's late in the season. The Browns think, playing with a purpose. I think it's going to be a good game. It's going to be a good game. I think we're looking at a we're, – we're looking at a very close game here, but I think, like you were saying, I can see the Ravens winning this one. Yeah, I cannot give us a win on this, at least not right now. Uh, this puts me at 8-5 and five right now. Okay, I am 7-6. and six. Giants. 
That's a win. That's a win. You see, I have a slight issue with that. Well, Saquon Barkley today went down with an ankle injury, and we don't know if it's going to be long-term now. I can see the Giants still being a spoiler team. They could. They could. And and depending on how the Browns come off – if the Browns come off a win in that Baltimore game, I think they beat the Giants with no problem. If they come out and get defeated pretty badly by Baltimore, then I could see it being a potential problem as the Browns kind of fall into this lull and might lose this game. Yeah, I think the Giants are probably going to play a sleeper team this game. They're going to be the upset team okay. this week. Uh, I have the Giants winning this one. So you're at what now? I am at 8-6. and six. Okay, I'm going to put them at uh, a win for this game. So actually that puts us even now at 8-6 and six apiece. Let's see. Then we go into Browns and Jets here. I think this one's going to be an all-out slugfest. You think the Jets are going to have a shot? I have this one as an all-out slugfest. The Jets are looking like a pretty decent team from what I can tell so far, at least on paper. Okay. But I have the Browns eking this one out. Yeah, me too. So 9-6 and six going into the final game of the season against Pittsburgh. Uh, this one's going to be a win, I think, because if they lose that early game – the Browns are going to win this last I game. I think especially this is going to be a win as well. Yeah. So I think this us... is going to be a pretty, win, a pretty good win as well. This going to be – that game right there, I think it's going to be the decisive win for us. Well, this I This is going think... to be the one that truly puts us on the map and gets us into the playoffs. I think this game as well has the potential to be changed from a day to a night game because I think at this point both Pittsburgh and Cleveland are going to be in the playoff talks, and I think this might turn into a – Sunday or Monday night game because it's a part of the flex part of the schedule. Um, I think there's potential for that. But, yeah, I have them winning too. I agree. This game, this game right here, it, I personally think it's going to be the one that determines whether it's going to be the Browns or Steelers that ends up making that last push into the playoffs. Yep. So that put us at a finishing record of 10-6 apiece. Yep. I think that's a fair assessment because I know before the season started, I kind of said – before the schedule came out, I said I could see the Browns going nine and seven, ten and six with a new coaching system. So, I mean, it does I put make sense. Our high I put our high ceiling cap for this uh, team this year mm -hmm. being at eleven and five, and everything yeah. that I've been thinking about for the going through all the games, I averaged out to about ten and six. Yeah, I think I think ten and six is a fair assessment. I could see their their ceiling being eleven and five, especially if they hit that strong stride in the middle of the schedule. Um, I think the only way we're going to hit 11 and five is if we beat the Ravens that se that second game. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or if they are able to steal and beat Pittsburgh twice, which is, which is possible. Yeah. It's possible depending on what Steelers team also shows up. But I mean, for the most part, I, I think, I think worst case scenario here, if we see that Browns team through most of the season we saw against the Ravens, we could be in for a five and 11, six and 10 season. Yeah, that is true. Let's just hope it doesn't come down to that. Let's just hope the team that we saw Thursday night is the team we're going to see to come and just get better. We can only hope at this point. Uh, do you got any last words to put in? No, just uh, I think that uh, the game against Washington is going to be an interesting game. Uh, let's give our prediction. What's the final score prediction for the Washington game? Final score predictions. Uh, I'm going to say – I'm going to say 27-17. All right. Browns, right? 
Um, I think the Browns are going to score on Washington quite a bit. I'm going to go with a 30-17 to 17 final. Okay. Let's just hope that the defense shows up and doesn't give up many points. We can only hope that's going to be the case. We can only hope. But, uh, okay, well, that completes our first episode of Dog Pound Nation. I hope the, uh, the listeners will enjoy this and will follow us week to week. We'll come back every week following each game. The episodes, of course, will get shorter now because we covered two, two games on this one. We'll be covering one on the other ones. Um, but, uh, yeah, we'll be on a lot of the same uh, platforms as we are with our Lights, Camera, Action podcast, except we won't be on some of the newer ones yet because we'll have to get accepted into those. But we'll yeah. be on CastBox, CastBox and Apple Podcasts to start out. So follow us on there if you want to listen to our weekly uh, I imagine Spotify as well, right? Spotify is an acceptance period as well, but it's a okay. little bit easier to get into. iHeartRadio is a little bit a little bit harder to get into because based upon how many episodes you do and, and listenership and stuff like that. So we'll have to see what happens with that one. But uh, those two for sure, All and right. Spotify will probably be to follow. So, yeah. All right. Uh... Thank you for joining us, guys. Uh, this is Jason Kaposik. Mike Winkler. And uh, go Browns. Woof, woof. <laughs>